You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Loaded and one out. Oh my god! Deep to right field, way up there, and way out of here! Second deck walk off home run! Grand slam! Hello and welcome in, everyone, to episode 163 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, George and I are back. Happy New Year, everybody. First podcast of the new year. We've been drafting, we've been relaxing, and now it's time to get back on the grind. George, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Happy New Year. Hope uh, you had good holidays. Hope everybody out there had good holidays. But uh, yeah, excited for this new year now and the first podcast um, you know, that we're doing with the launch of SK Playbook. Uh, I'll let yeah. you go ahead and, and <laughs> expand on that. Oh man, um, the things I've been I've been uh, still playing around with it, but it is officially launched. Skplaybook.com. Um, well, it was already launched, but it's officially been upgraded. George and I decided we're going to take it up to the next step. We, you know, we have a closer chart. We're going to be keeping up with all year long. Got the lineup takeaway stuff. I'm going to be doing a daily article in season. It's uh, it's funny because it's one of those things like New Year, New Us. It's pretty much the same us, but just a new website. So there's a little bit of New Us, New Year, New Us. But we also have a community we started for as little as $2.99 a month. I'm terrible promoting. For as little as $2.99 a month, you could join us in our Discord. And we're going to be doing a whole bunch of bonus stuff, um, bonus AMAs, which is Ask Me Anythings, bonus content all around, ranks, discussions, 24-7 access to us. Um, and we're hopefully going to bring on a couple writers, a couple other content producers to help fill the voids and produce more content for the chat as well. So again, it's $2.99 a month or $19.99 for the year. I, I mean, that's a cup of coffee. If you literally go to Starbucks every day or Dunkin' Donuts or if you have a, an ice cream cone, you uh, you know what? I feel like spending this money on that. There you go. We have that option. But um, yeah, you can find it all. To get, to get more Mike Curlin. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a steal. Actually, I should be paying people two ninety nine <laughs> to come deal with me. No, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this uh, SK playbook. It's kind of just been um, 
long it's been overdue. brewing yeah it's been it's been brewing you know and uh we've had the the discord going for for a little while now and that's been fun and uh, hey, we yeah, help I mean, people in fantasy football. Like, we're not even huge fantasy football heads. We just enjoy it, like playing it ourselves, and we help people win. Like, I mean, not like I, you can ask Zach. I mean, our own co-host. He thanked yeah, us yeah. In, our, in our text messages. I have proof, Zach. I have receipts, buddy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but, so we uh, talk football there. We talk baseball. We talk gaming, betting, all kinds of things, and it's it's been fun. And um, like you know, I'm still gonna do my thing with uh, NBC Road mm-hmm. World, and uh, but like I wanted a place, and this just worked out perfectly you know i get to work with you still and we're doing our podcast and uh wanted a place to you know house some rankings and uh just write an article whenever i want you know whatever i want to write about and like heck yeah you know so i'm gonna have some stuff coming out you'll have some stuff coming out all year and um yeah, yeah just uh check out the site and and join the community without further ado we can get into today's episode episode 163 and we're just gonna be talking about a little bit of the early round stuff. I mean, I know early rounds are covered pretty heavily. We'll definitely touch on late round stuff. We're still getting our stuff together as well. So we want to talk about more of the early round stuff because we know for sure how we feel about that stuff, whereas the later round stuff changes. And again, we'll touch on it. But we're going to talk about a few players that we're just completely like out on as of right now. Things can change. Um, something can come up. News can happen that maybe changes our opinion on them. But as of January, what is it, 5th or 6th, wherever it is we're recording, 5th, mm-hmm. we are going to say we are out on these players. George, do you want to start? Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and just check out the uh, NFBC ADP since December and see where these guys are going out. Now, you know, outside of th- – there's some basic, you know, kind of roster construction stuff that, you know, that has me off of, of some certain players at their cost, like – you know, I'm typically staying away from guys that don't steal like in the first two rounds. Um, so the guys like, you know, as much as I love Vlad Jr. and he's probably going to be worth whatever, you know, his cost is this year. But uh, just from a roster construction standpoint, you know, like I, I want to get steals, you know, in the first round. So um, probably opting for like Bryce Harper, right? Or, um, you know, maybe Kyle Tucker or something like that. Or a pitcher like Burns um, or Cole. And so just there's some guys like that along the way. Like I probably won't have a too much of um you know matt olson just because of you know the first baseman later um but a couple guys that i'm kind of just like where when it comes to skills wise and and their cost that that i'm i probably won't have any shares of uh first guy for me is robbie ray um you know he's one of those guys you know big breakout last year of course you know Cy young and everything the guy he, he he was amazing but just looking where he's going uh, since December 1st, uh, 45th. So right at the end of the third, he's like going at the third uh, in 15 teamers, uh, third, fourth round turn right there. Uh, so R- Robbie Ray, I mean, uh, 2.84 ERA, but just kind of looking at the underlying uh, stats there, you know, 369 FIP, uh, 3.60 X ERA. I'm just not too sure, you know, if he can carry that over, uh, you know, how sustainable he is, you know, going over to Seattle, you think about, you know, Toronto opted not to keep him and they, they went and signed uh, Kevin Gosman instead. Uh, you know, that maybe kind of says something there. And and just looking at some of Ray's, uh, Ray's numbers, you know, 90% uh, strand rate, 268 BABIP, you kind of got to expect those things to regress a bit as well. Uh, you wonder how much that walk rate uh, is going to hold up, you know, 6.2% walk rate, but that is way, way, you know, um, way under like his where he was at before like his career average the, the, the four years be- before that like from 2017 to to 2020 like you know he was double digit walk rates and even before then it was up at like nine percent but 10.7 percent 13 percent 11 percent 17 percent um so with the 
with some expected regression coming in that walk rate and as much hard contact he he allows like you know he he didn't do a great job of suppressing hard contact um you know 17th percentile hard hit rate 15th percentile average exit velocity um you know doesn't generate too many ground balls you know the 44 percent fly ball rate um so if i'm expecting a little bit more a few more walks and he's giving up a lot of hard contact and he's not keeping the ball on the, on the ground um it's just you know one of those things where like yeah i could see that era coming up a full run uh, you know i could see that definitely happening um where you know he goes from a two eight four to like a three six and maybe you know three six three seven with a bunch of strikeouts and um, some regression in the in the whip. You know he's never been a great whip guy, um, but just you know looking where he's going and some guys going a little uh, you know some guys going behind him. You know ten picks later you've got Freddie Peralta who I really like, uh, Logan Webb, uh, you know Kevin Gosman going a full round later going around pick sixty. Uh, really like Kevin Gosman. Um, you know, so yeah, Robbie Ray, I think just where he's going, uh, I, I don't know if I buy, um, if I'm buying him there, I don't think I'm going to have many shares. Yeah. It's one of those you're buying the career year, you know, regression's going to hit better division now. So mm-hmm. the division, the home ballpark, all that is in his favor, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm not sure. I'm, I can't say I'm not buying some of the growth even most of it, I'm just mm-hmm. afraid to buying. And like you mentioned, there are players around him I do prefer, or I hit on pitching earlier. And I want, before I go to my first guy I'm avoiding, I want to go circle back to Vlad, because I think I catch a lot of crap, just like you will, for what you said. I'm with you. I don't view Vlad because of how I construct a roster. Now, here's the thing. Know your format, know your league. In the leagues we play play in, they're usually typically a little deeper. Speed is emphasized. However, if you play in a shallower league, you can make up some speed as you go. So this is format and league size dependent. 10-team league, I think it pushes them. 12-team league even pushes them up because you can still make up some speed. The deeper you go, the uh, deeper the league, the harder it is to build a base around him, in my opinion. So I'm with you. But um, how far are we taking this vlad hate as people will call it um in terms yeah. of skill set i don't want to like take tucker it. harper area or yeah i, I don't want to take it too far because you, there are a lot of ways to win leagues. there's a lot yes. of ways to build a roster and you know like you said it's all depends on format too like in a in a points league like yeah give me vlad all day in the top three um top four but uh yeah like in a roto league where you know you know steals are going to get pushed up you, if you take somebody that isn't stealing bases in the first round, you're really kind of backing yourself into a corner and limiting the player pool going forward because you have to, you know, you have to take steals, you know, you have to make that up. Um, and so, you know, you're, you're really kind of limiting, you know, where you can go uh, as far as with the players going forward from there. So, and, you know, like I said, steals get pushed up. All of a sudden, you get sniped here and there, and you end up taking a guy that you necessarily want to take just because you need to make up steals. And the first guy that I want to bring up is going to be Shane Bieber because you mentioned pitching. Bieber's going as a top 10 SP right now, and the guys going right behind him I'm more comfortable in right now is Lucas Giolito, Aaron Nola, even Sandy Alcantara, which it might not be common for a lot of people in terms of like who they would take ahead of him. But Bieber concerns me. He returned from a shoulder strain late last season, so he pretty much missed the second half altogether. And the velo was down, like a full mile power plus. And I'll be back in on Bieber if we see that he's fully healthy, full offseason, the velocity's back. Because I think the velocity will be a tall tell, a tell 
I don't know, whatever. It'll be a sign that they that the health is there, and with the health, we can get the velocities for Shane Bieber. So it's simply it's as simple as that. Bieber, the skill set, I believe in. I don't know what to think of that shoulder strain if he's fully healed, if he ever if he was healthy at the end of the year, and I want to see him what he looks like entering camp and where he's at. Because if that velocity is down in spring, I think that's a big red flag for Bieber, and we could see more issues coming but otherwise healthy you know what you're getting but right now as things that's why i wanted to emphasize at the beginning of the show how i feel right now right now as things stand i do think it's a uh sketch it's a iffy pick and a scary one when there are safer options that i trust in with similar ceilings just might have lower floors all things considered so do you have any thoughts on shane bieber at all no i mean i'm i'm kind of with you too um for me, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit risky. I mean, I, I understand, you know, the upsides there and everything. But when it comes to Bieber, I think I, I want to see where his velo is at uh, in spring training um, before I can really, really invest um, that high pick pick in him. Yeah, so we're on the same page, essentially. So who's the next guy on your I'm not drafting him right now list? It's a really long name for a list. <laughs> so uh, my next guy is actually uh, going at pick 82, and that is Tommy Edmond. And it's just kind of um, the profile here it is just the, the price is a little too rich for me uh, for this this kind of profile. Um, I, I think we're kind of paying for a career year in steals here. I mean, I know he stole 30 bases last year, you know, 11 homers, 30 steals, 262 batting average, but... There's quite a quite a few red flags here for me uh, that I'm seeing. I, I I just I don't know if there's going to be any more growth here. Uh, I think we can pretty much expect a lot of the same across the board with some stolen base regression. And um, you know, and, and and for me, I'm just he doesn't walk too much. I mean, I know he cut the strikeout rate down, but only 5.5 percent walk rate, and I don't see any signs here that like he's going to improve and and improve that OBP. And that that OBP was only 308. Um, and with a 387 slugging, you gotta, you're talking about a guy with a sub 700 OPS that's that's leading off, um, and he particularly struggles against righties. Uh, if you look at his splits, I mean, uh, it was 84 WRC plus uh, against righties, 665 OPS. Um, now he hit 261. You know, so as far as batting average goes, I mean, the splits are pretty even: 267 against lefties, uh, 261 against righties, but. He's just got no power whatsoever against uh, right-handed pitchers. I mean, um, you're, I'm just not sold that he's going to keep that leadoff spot all year. You know, you're looking at guys with sub-700 sub OPSs. There's one guy that is that is also a leadoff hitter, and that's Miles Straw. Uh, Miles Straw going 50 picks, exactly 50 picks, after Tommy Edmond. I mean, if you're giving me a choice of, you know, taking someone with a little more pop there at 82... And then I could just get Miles Straw 50 picks later. I mean, you know, that's that's sounds, you know, a lot better to me. I mean, like I said, Tommy Edmond, I mean, a guy on that team, Harrison Bader, you know, I, I think, you know, 8789 OPS versus righties, 331 OBP. I mean, Bader should be leading off against righties, you know. So it's like, I don't know if, if you know, it took Tommy Edmond 691 plate appearances. It, it was kind of like, you know, maybe it was, um, you know, just kind of took a lot of volume for him to get where he got to this last year, but I'm not so sure that he's going to repeat that. I don't know if he's going to be leading off all year. I, I, I think, you know, there's a possibility that, um, 
you know, if the, the Cardinals are seeing this, that maybe they, uh, you know, experiment with a few other options there in the leadoff spot, at least against right-handed pitchers. Um, you know, looking at the power metrics, I mean, 88 mile per hour exit velo on fly balls. Um, I know he's got the, you know, pretty decent max exit velo. Uh, I think what was like 112, but I'm just not seeing enough con- uh, consistency here uh, as far as, you know, how hard he's hitting the ball. 46% ground ball rate. And if he's not hitting the ball hard, you know, and you kind of you're kind of looking at Tommy Edmund as someone as like, well, if he hits a few more fly balls, maybe he can get to a little more power. But with someone who like Edmund who doesn't hit the ball very hard, maybe more fly balls isn't such a good thing, especially in that park, because what that's going to do is just suppress Babbitt. And so he's not going to be a guy who's hitting 270, 280 that, you know, you're hoping Tommy Edmund could be. So, yeah, I mean, I just I, I see a lot of red flags here. Um, and it's just not a profile that I want to take here, like in the sixth, seventh. Now, he is a switch hitter, and Edmund has, I think there's been mention of him possibly doing what like Mullins did and giving up one of those sides. So if he does, maybe he does, maybe pulls a Mullins, and once Edmund stops switch hitting, maybe there's like some success there. Yes, we would have to see it first. But yeah, to mention back to your righties. So, you know, I pulled up the lineup real quick because why wouldn't I have? all of them hot keyed to my computer. <laughs> and um, so I toggled, you know, I took out lefties and I left just righties in. And there was a period where Edmund didn't lead off for almost a full, I'd say a full month, roughly, maybe a little yeah. more than a full month. He didn't lead off against righties and, and Carlson did. And there's no mm-hmm. reason to think that we can't see. And Edmund played every day during this time. He just played, he just, ba- he just hit towards the back of the order against mm-hmm. right-handed pitching. So to what you were saying, Dylan Carlson or Bader, there are other options that could lead off against righties if he can't prove to be more valuable or more productive against them. Because you mentioned a 665 OPS against righties in 2021. That's not going to do it. I mean, you're on base at barely a 300 clip and you're slugging 358. These days, that's not the like, just because you have speed, that speed isn't good enough to keep you at the top of the order in today's game. So I'm with you with Edmund, possibly if he falls, you know, he'll play every day, I think, regardless. It's just yeah, a matter of um, you lose at bats. And you mentioned he almost accumulated stolen bases by being a leadoff guy compared to because that's just how it works out when you're leading off and leading off every day and playing every day in general. So that's worth it was worth mentioning, was worth noting that Carlson, again, another option just that could still at spot because we saw Carlson hit at the top of the order at various at different times of the year last year especially that one little period i mentioned um the next guy i wanted to bring up and it's another name that i think is polarizing i think people are really in on but i'm kind of afraid to pay the price is wander franco and it's not a skill set i think it, what it is is i think franco is a better real life player than he is for fantasy i think the hit tool is going to be elite it, he showed it last year i mean the guy doesn't strike out he walks out a solid clip at the same time he should hit at the top of the order and should play every day. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the problem is, is people might want more steals or expect more steals. If you just take what he did last year and double it, because he had 308 play appearances. That for for the Rays, that 600 play appearance season is a really high end season. I think Wander will get there. And just if you so if you take those 308 and double it to 616, and just take a stats and double it, which again you can't just do. But that would be yeah. four stolen bases, 14 home runs, and he would still hit 280 plus. I think realistically 20 to 22, maybe 25 home runs is the ceiling. And then the 10 stolen bases. I don't think the stolen bases are given not because he can't run, not because Wander's not fast enough to do it. It's because he lacks the success to do it. He barely had a 50% success rate in the minors last year. Wander had, we used two for three. 
in, in the majors and he didn't steal after like the first week or so of being up. He stole like two of those bases. He stole his first, he stole the two bases, like his first week or so of being up in the league. And if you look back at Wander's track record in 2019, he was four for nine in the, in 20, 2019, he was 14 of out of 23. Like these are his terrible success rates. He's never been a successful base stealer. The Rays aren't, aren't going to allow him to just run into outs frequently. I do see a path to 10, just given the playing time I, I see coming as well as the just the skill set he he offers, but Steamer even has him hitting 19 home runs with just 10 stolen bases while batting 289. That's kind of the line I see, and I don't feel that that's worth his. What is he going like 50th? I, sh- I should probably look that up real quick. But um, he's going like 50th last I looked, or 60th, uh, 58.04 since summer first. If he's if around the ma- the max pick of 80 though, so if he, if he falls to 80, I'm good with that. Like, that's where I'll take him. I'm not paying the the, the premium and you see wander his mid his min pick was 37 yeah so where are you, where is he going to fall i do think the talent long term is there I, I do believe in wander the player as, as being an elite player sooner than later but he hasn't I, I don't know he's only he's still only 20 years old there is a chance that we don't get more out of wander this year he still has time to grow into that frame of his and the skill set so far has been in terms of fantasy rather limited i i just don't want to pay that price yeah no I, i'm with you i i'm with you there on franco um next guy that uh i would say that i probably won't have any investment in this this fantasy season and i i mean yeah he has probably one of the best tool uh, best hit tools already like in, in the majors um you know only struck out 12 percent of the time that's that's incredible but i mean yeah if you're investing a you know fourth fifth round pick in Franco, um, you know, you're going to want more power and, and speed there at, at the shortstop position, especially considering, you know, the depth of shortstop and how much skill there is at, at the position um, where you're getting guys that do, you know, hit hit for more power, do steal more bases. Um, yeah, I, I just think that um, maybe it's a bit of a step back um, taking Frank uh, Franco there where he's going. You know, like you said, only 20 years old. I mean, yeah, he still has plenty of time to to mature into more power. And I think it will happen. I just, I, I don't know if it's going to happen this early. You know, he's barely, he's just going to turn 21. Um, yeah, I think pretty much, you know, the steamer projections are pretty much spot on. You know, that's uh, what you can expect. 19 homers, 10 steals, 289 batting average. And that's going to be solid. That's going to be really solid, but just not, probably not worth the the price that, that you're paying right now. Um, especially given, you know, the the other shortstops going around him. Um, you know, you you take a little bit of hit uh, in, in batting average, but, you know, you got Javi Baez uh, going around there. Um, you got Marcus Simeon a little bit before that. I, I'm with you. I am fully uh, agree with you here on Franco. So sorry, to, sorry that we're going to have to end it short. Unfortunately, I've had to restart my computer in the middle of this podcast twice now. Don't know what's going on. Got to figure that out. But we appreciate you listening. It's a quick episode. We'll get more going next time. We'll drop a couple extra names. But on your way out, please don't forget to check us out on Twitter. You can follow George on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. Myself at Mike underscore Curlin. Don't forget skplaybook.com. You can check out all of our content. We have more content coming and check out our community. And last but certainly not least, on your way out, five-star rating review. Greatly appreciated. Apparently, was it Spotify has five-star rating or has a rating system now? It goes a long way. We thank you. And hopefully next episode, I'll have it all figured out. Thank you for being patient with us and listening. Have a good one.